Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Nick Moore. Nick Moore is the host of Forbidden Fruit Podcast, a podcast that is designed to awaken you to the knowledge of better you. Not only is he a podcaster, but he's a father of his soul inspiration to become the best version of himself. You can find his podcast on Instagram at podcast underscore fruit, as well on all popular podcast platforms. All right, everyone, you guys ready to learn more about Nick? Let's go. Hello, Nick. Welcome to the show. We are so happy to have you today. Thank you for having me. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So as you know, this podcast is called Life Got in the Way. So I often ask my guests, um, you know, they usually tell their stories of how life got in the way or they have an antidote or they have a lot of things going on and we just kind of talk it out and just see where we go from there. So um, I guess we'll just kind of kind of go with that uh format if that's okay with you okay all cool. right so we'll start from the beginning all right nick all tell right. us tell us a little bit about yourself all right so <laughs> so in the beginning no i'm stop. <laughs> no, no uh, there was adam <laughs> right you go no so i guess for me to to go along the 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 line of your show uh I actually had an episode called The Knowledge of Faith, where my, I think my biggest, my journey really started when uh, I realized I was becoming a father. So back in 2013, I went on a deployment, made some connections, you know, overseas, and I came back. And I was like, look, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to, you know, get my degree, and then I'm going to go try to work overseas and, you know, travel the world and do all of this. So lo and behold, uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, I need to talk to you. And what she wanted to tell me was, I'm pregnant. And so it was it was like a, we were together for roughly six months. And you know how they say, you know, however long you've been together, divide that by two. And that's how long you've been breaking up with the relationship. It's not, it hasn't worked out. Oh, and so, wow. And so, I mean, so we, I mean, it was a, we kind of rushed into it. Uh, I just wasn't in like that right mindset. I think me coming back from that deployment, I just didn't feel like I, I felt forgotten. And a lot of the red flags I typically would not have ignored, I definitely ignored because I just wanted to be needed. And so uh, that kind of went south. I ended up on the back end of the relationship, came to find out I was going to have a son. And then it was just, you know, how do I navigate that? Right. Like my I'm from Arkansas and I live in Colorado. So my closest family is like a thousand miles away. So I don't I can't, you know, going out of mom's house and, you know cry on the shoulder and go to my sister's house and they're like yeah you know this is what you should do this and then the third and so it's for me trying to navigate that it really forced me to to mature very quickly because even before then i really wasn't a very vulnerable person i guess i guess the for the lack of a better explanation imagine like the poster child for like toxic masculinity right and that was and that was me 
And the only thing, honestly, that really was acceptable for me to be vulnerable and emotional about in my mind was a kid. Right. So it's very ironic that that was the, the course that I was taking. And so being a being a man and I hate to say this, uh, trying to find, you know, an attorney and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, it was just hard because I would literally call attorneys and they would say, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not going to take your case because it's not worth my time because you're the father. You're going to lose. And so just wanting that road and then just trying to navigate that. It all ultimately worked out uh, to my favor. However, along the way, it was just, you know what? You have to figure out your demons before you pass them on to your son. And uh, ironically enough, uh, that really came out with my mom because my mom realized that with my son, I was being real hard on him. And she noticed it and she called me out on it, but it threw me off because my mom was extremely hard on me. And she sat me down and she was like, look, the reason why I was hard on you is because I was angry at your father and I took it out on you. And so it's it's interesting because subconsciously I was duplicating that behavior, not having been in her situation. And she realized the effects that she had on me and saw me, you know, parenting my son in that way. And so it just it just really made me like, look, you got to really grow because you don't want to pass all this stuff down to your son. And then he has, you know, your grandchild and then he's duplicating that behavior. And so after several long talks with close friends, a lot of book recommendations, mentors and things like that, it just got to the point where. Uh, I just learned a lot. I just really grew to the point where my environment began to change how it interacted with me. And uh, that's kind of how I am now. And I, I think the podcast really was just a way to give back that information. Uh, just having conversations with people over social media during COVID and it really, uh, you know, being stuck in your house and you want to interact with people, social media was probably your only means of doing that. And so just people asking me for advice and opinions and me kind of sharing my perspectives and people were just really responsive to that. And then my cousin had me on her show and we'd recorded an episode and her, it got a lot of reactions. And so it was, it was great. It was really great. And I'm actually, it's one of those things that it, it kind of made me fall in love with myself in a way, because it's almost like watching your kid grow up, right? Like it was, I watched myself grow up because it happened pretty quickly. And uh, it's just something I'm really grateful for. And I think the podcast for me, is just a way of sharing that with, with the world or whoever's willing to, to listen. Okay. You mentioned the podcast. I am glad you brought that up. Um, I was very intrigued when I saw, I first off, um, if uh, readers ever get a sh- um, readers, I always say readers listeners ever get a chance um the it's called forbidden fruit is that is that that's the title right Mm -hmm. forbidden Forbidden fruit Fruit. podcast yes and it is this it's such a really cool i love your cover art by the way um with the uh the the podcast and it looks shaped like an apple or representing an apple and the bite out of it i love that so um i was very intrigued by your podcast especially with the title it draws you in and you're like hmm, what is this about and so you um can you tell us a little bit um for the listeners um who have not had a chance to check out your podcast can you tell us a little bit about what it's about sure. and how you got it um came up with the idea for it okay so forbidden fruit podcast really plays off the story of adam and eve right and it's, it's not a religious podcast i just use that concept and so the story for those that you may not have heard it the story of adam and eve you know god put them in the garden and they said do whatever you want to but just don't eat this fruit because if you eat it you'll learn of 
the knowledge of good and evil, right? In a way, it's like you'll you're you'll have lost your innocence. And so ultimately they ate the fruit, they became knowledgeable of of good and evil, and they lost their innocence. And so for me, I just took that as instead of damnation, I just twisted the concept as enlightenment. So let's just say we're in the Garden of Eden and we bite from the tree of the knowledge of adult attachment theory, uh, the knowledge of love, the knowledge of conscious parenting. And so that's why the, the, all the episodes are titled the way that they are, right? So imagine yourself in the garden and you got all these trees and you want to learn about something, you can bite from each of the tree, the knowledge of whatever, the knowledge of this, the knowledge of, you know, uh, trauma, the knowledge of anxiety. And so honestly, I was just sitting on, on like in my couch and it just, just came to me for whatever reason. So I'm extremely grateful for that. Uh, and also the, the reason why I went with that way is because I feel like information is, is presented usually the same way. We just sit down and we just start talking. And I think people really identify with stories. And I feel like if I can present information in a way that's wrapped in a story, then I believe it would be more, uh, it would it would resonate a lot more because if I think people can put yourself in their shoes. If I say, this is how I felt, this is where I was, this is what I was doing. You know, I was excited, I was crying, I was, you know, it was just Tuesday and the sun was shining. I think people can really put themselves in your shoes and not just be knowledgeable about it, but relive those moments with you. And so I, I wanted to focus on trying to differentiate myself that way by making it centered around like those Eureka bite of the apple moments, right? Like, oh, wow, that's when I realized I messed up. Or this is when I realized that this is where I needed to be and so on and so forth. Okay. All right. I love it. I love the concept. I love the idea. And, um, and if you guys get a chance, check out those episodes. They are really, really enlightening and really powerful. Um, there's nothing more powerful than the artist tell storytelling. Um, and, and hearing and listening to other people's stories is so, um, it, it really touches you in a different way because like you said, it's putting yourself in, in walking in someone else's shoes, even if it's for a moment. Um, so I really enjoy that idea. And I think your um, your trailer, you talked about the idea of how you have these um, bite of the apple moments, right? These, right? these moments where you, you know, everybody makes these mistakes, you know, the Adam and Eve, you bit the apple, that was a huge mistake. But instead of it just looking at it as the cardinal sin or the mis the huge mistake that you made, looking at it as more of a form of life lessons, much needed life lessons, right? So what, for you, what were some of those bite of the apple moments and, and what was something that you could really, you really took away from, ha from going through the things that you went through? So the, the biggest thing had to have been uh, self-love. And it's, it's crazy how everything really, I'm realizing now that literally everything comes back to that, it, to in parenting, when recruiting, you know, having confidence in yourself and being able to talk to, I'm, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a recruiter for the Air Force. So it's, it's really, you know, how you hold yourself in a certain regard, not putting other people on pedestals. It, it really comes down to self-love, right? And so for me, I realized, and this is what I'm, I don't really understand why it was this way or why I was this way. I had this outlook, but I just didn't love myself. 
And my problem was I would I was very avoidant. I had a very avoidant attachment style. So that means I would as a, as a defense mechanism, I wouldn't allow people to get close to me because in my mind, you can't hurt me if you're not close to me. But at the same time, like I was kind of like lonely inside because like I wasn't I didn't have those intimate connections those intimate relationships with people. And then, you know, so imagine having that mindset trying to raise a child. And, and so for me, I think th that's been the biggest lesson. I, I was listening to this audio. Uh, it was a YouTube video by Brene Brown, and she was talking about vulnerability. And it was just like she was explaining to me why I was so miserable inside. And, and then that led me to learn about vulnerability. It was his audible uh, speak talk that she had on uh, called The Art of Vulnerability or The Power of Vulnerability. And it just it was a game changer. When I heard that, it was like, Everything that she was talking about, I wanted. Like, I want close relationships. I want people to care about me. I want people to miss me when I'm gone. I want people to, I want to have that relationship, those relationships. And then me trying to explore that, I began to slowly open up in a way. And, uh, I, you know, like anything with new information, I kind of overdid it in the beginning. <laughs> I, I opened up too fast in certain situations and, and I ended up losing. You know, I was dating, so particularly I talk about the knowledge of love. And I was kind of overly vulnerable with this young lady and I ended up losing a relationship with her. However, and in that I learned that, you know, loving people is, is something that you can do easily when you love yourself. And so even when it comes to dating and confidence, not going to say confidence in dating, it's like if you love yourself, you're not really anxious about, well, this is going to work out. Am I going to miss out on this thing or this person that I think is amazing? Because at the end of the day, I still have me. Uh, so I think the biggest the biggest lesson that I've learned was self-love and even kind of we were talking you hinted on a little bit earlier with social media and, and it kind of pains me. It kind of hurts me to see like a lot of the vanity, a lot of the bravado, a lot of the, you know, look at me. And in my mind, it's like I don't I don't feel like I need to do that because I, I have enough. Like I don't need a like to 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 feel that way about myself. It was a comment just released a song with a young lady called Imagine. And he had this line, he was saying, imagine loving yourself enough that you don't need a like. And so I think a lot of it, that's what's, what I'm really noticing within myself and noticing outward of, of a lot of people out there that don't really love themselves. And so that's been the biggest lesson for me is just self-love is the key to everything. I cannot emphasize that enough. Definitely, definitely. Oh my goodness. Oh, social media, right? Uh, and and if this is like the the the, I think it is funny that we talk about social media today because this is the day. Um, this this episode will probably air you know a couple of weeks from now, but today was it ten, October fourth was the day that social media went down or at least uh, you know Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, and the world was like everybody on clubhouse was going crazy they was like oh my god what are we gonna do how are you guys feeling and the funniest thing is i was at work so i i was working the whole time i didn't even know social media with that i was like i didn't have time to think about it right but that idea um you know social media and the vanity that you that you spoke of and how social media just for you how do you feel i mean now that you have this podcast and we have this platform, I'm sure you're using like a lot of people, you're using social media even more. How do you how do you balance that 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 use of social media, but yet still 
maintain um, a level of just separation from it. Right. Yes. Uh, social media is like the matrix, right? Like you, you plug into this, this fake world and you really kind of get lulled into like, this is what life is like, but it's really not. And so right. for me, I'll be honest, I think, so for me, when you, the, the, the marketing strategy that I have is you want to follow people that, that have similar content to you. So pretty much like podcasts, right? However, you know, so I'm realizing that social media is not too different than the real world. I mean, it's really clicky. Right. Like if I, so if I follow you, chances are there's about 10, 15 people that we collectively follow. Right. So that's kind of like our click. Uh, I have to run a, uh, an Instagram page for my recruiting site. And is the, the people are polar opposites from the people that I follow my podcast page. So it's not that mm -hmm. different than society. And so I just think that with social media, it just puts all the insecurities in, in your face. Right. Like, I don't think that social media created it. I just think it accelerated what was already there and then put it on display so it seems more than what it actually is however i'll be honest like i've met some amazing people on social media like yourself i just did a, a podcast episode with the, with the through the looking glass podcast uh young lady uh nikki nicole and and michelle and i mean it's like the conversation that we had we talked about uh black you know love in a black community and how the black woman is more likely to be killed by a black man in a relationship than anybody else and so it was just like i never heard of that but so i so for me it's it's a bit of a, a gift and a curse right one of the first uh episodes that i did uh in the interview wise was two with two gentlemen in the uk and so it's like it's powerful if you use it correctly but at the same time it can be a, a bit uh intoxicating and so I think for me, it's just you can kind of hang out in those pockets, right? Like try to find similar content to yours and then engage with that more. And then somehow the algorithm will pop up, you know, more content that's like yours. And so you can kind of go into your little click or your little safe space online. So it's a it's a bit of a balance, but I'm, it's as bad as it can be, as toxic as it can be. Like I'm actually extremely grateful because I never would have met you without it. I never would have met some of the people without it. And it's just... I think my love for people and my fascination for people is probably the, the the biggest reason I would actually I would I would believe that social media is not as bad as it as it can be. But I could let it get bad. But I would just prefer using it for meeting more dope people out there. Yes, I I, I agree with everything you said because I've met some really really amazing people using like this platform, using Clubhouse, using um. Uh, all of these different social medias. And I think there's an entertainment aspect to it. But and I think if you use things responsibly, right, it, it, it'll take you so much further. Like, I love that you got to do your one of your first podcasts with two people from the, you know, from the UK, like, in what world will we thinking of doing that? You know, ten right, years like I, ago, right, you would have thought I, the UK was off limits. <laughs> exactly. I've never, I've never been to the UK. I haven't either, you know, but I, I actually, the platform that I use for my social media, uh, for my uh, podcast is out based in the UK. Wow. So, um, you know, I, I, I agree. It can, it does. I will say if you already had certain tendencies where you were a little like narcissistic or you were a little um, vain, it just heightened your already, but you already had those <laughs> Right, exactly. You already had those uh those um quirks. Yeah. <laughs> so um we'll say that. You already had those things going. So all social media did was just 
amp it, amplify it. Exactly. But I think it can also do good, like people who are doing good in the community. Now they have a whole nother community online. And I like how you said that, you know, surrounding yourself with, you know, the things that are of interest to you, like your, the, your, um, it, it affects your algorithms and just getting people who are like-minded. Like I love that really my whole Instagram page um, is just, I have one Instagram page. It's all about authors and, and I'm connected to other um, writers all kinds of writers. And then my other page is all about podcasts and I'm just connected to so many different podcasts. So I feel like if you know how to navigate and use it, it can be such a great resource. So Mm. I am in agreement on that. (laughs) I mean, like anything else, like in moderation, right? Like even too much water can kill you. You know what I mean? So it's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. so they just kind of pace yourself and just whenever you feel like it's too much, it's disconnected. But uh, like, I'm extremely grateful for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Too, too much. Too much of a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. And I think we are at least we're past that stage where, you know, I remember when first Facebook first came out and it was I think I dating myself, but I was um, I was uh, older than Zuckerberg when he brought it out. And it was just college students. And we were just, you know, it was just something that you did to connect to other um, universities. Oh, who's who's at that school? As long as you have a a dot um, edu um, email address, you could connect to Facebook, and then then it became something else. It became you know now you're connecting to everyone. Now it's businesses. Now it's it's open to everyone. So it has right. changed and navigated. And I think it became a little obsessed because now you had people who didn't have access to like uh, Facebook. Now they got access and they don't know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> it's just like now your grandmother is sending you messages, on, <laughs> <laughs> sending you to like and send this to 10 of your favorite people. Oh, and my like, gosh. Stop. My mom just me up with all that all the time. These chain, <laughs> like, these chain letters. Yes. But, that's, like, that's, but, that's a, but that's the thing, though. Like chain letters was already a thing. It just went. Mm-hmm. It's when they were trying to. That's what of all the things that nav they found a way to met to find its way to digital media, it was uh, chain letters. They were like, you know what, we're gonna send it in the mail. Now we're gonna be we're gonna go through your emails, and now hey, we'll just hit you up via messenger. <laughs> right, <laughs> so exactly. We, we will have we have a tribe that'll keep it going. Um, but that is the coolest thing about social media is just like finding your tribe, finding your way. Um. It's a part of that idea of, uh, I guess, knowledge of self. Now, you know, because you, you, we've grown into how we can use it, um, how we can, how it can benefit our living and our lifestyles and our situations. So, this um, going back to that idea of just um, understanding ourselves. What do you think? Um, what was your process behind really getting to the root of knowing who you are? It really started with being honest, just straight up honest. It was like like when you're trying to deal with like, you know, anxieties and past traumas and things like that, you really, it's easy to, I guess, uh, deal with the symptoms and lie to yourself. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. And so I think when I stopped doing that and just say, look, man, like I'm sad, like I'm lonely, like I'm not happy with who I am. And I think that's kind of the, the first step. And it's not it's not putting yourself down. It's just acknowledging where you are. And then as you begin to learn more 
and surrounding yourself with people that actually care. And that's another thing too, is like, like we were talking about your tribe, you have to surround yourself with people that are in a way where you kind of want to be, not completely, but like I had a close friend of mine who was extremely confident. I mean, like, and not like in a braggadocious way, but like nothing phases him. I have another friend I was actually on the show, Tom, who's an entrepreneur, a mentor to a lot of people. And so I think, and then my, you know, family, like my sisters and things like that. And so it's like, you kind of always need like two or three people, I call it, two or three people in your circle that can like check you, right? Like, like Nick, you tripping. Like, yeah, like you actually have a reason to be mad about this or no, nah, you should probably look at it differently. And so I think the first step for me was just being very honest about who I was and where I was. And it sucked. But again, like I'm, I'm extremely grateful for it because I'm nowhere remotely close to where I was back then. And then from there, it's it's the vulnerability piece, right? Like you have to be open with those individuals that are going to be honest with you that love you, that care enough about you to tell you the truth. So you're not, let's just say you're, you're sick and you're going to the doctor and you got all these symptoms, but you say, doc, you know, I'm, I'm fine. You're sitting at the doctor's office like, doc, I'm fine. Well, you, the doc can't help you if you don't tell them what's wrong, right? And so becoming to be vulnerable about those things. And I think after that, I mean, like the the, the brakes come off. When you when you realize the, the level of control and influence that you have in your life, not in a, in a con condemning way, but when you when you accept the fact that you are in the position that you are because of you, whether you used to say you had something happen to you, but then you reacted to it in a certain way or you use that as an excuse to perpetuate, you know, your back, your negative, you know, destructive behavior. Then the flip side of that is, well, I, I'm in control of it. So just the way I screwed it up, I can make it better. And right. then and then for me, it's, you know, once I realized, I think that it really got it really just, you know went off the rails for me is when like, again like i said before my environment started to really change around me right like people that never noticed me or like i noticed are interacting with me i've got you know i'm realizing you know i've got people you know talking highly of me you know that it's kind of coming back around to me and so it's just like and even my even me is a lot more peace within that right so it's like knowing that the world doesn't revolve around me being having the grace to to when I make a mistake to not say this is not who I am right like it's, I had a I heard an analogy of a guy that says typically what people do is they'll they'll so your your life let's say your whole life is a movie right and they promote these movies by showing you like a one minute trailer right so me making a mistake is that one minute trailer and people will typically judge your entire lifespan off of just one moment and I think when you begin to understand, look, I made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. Like this is not a reflection of who I am in totality. Then you begin to look at everyone else that way. Okay, this person didn't, you know, this person did this dumb thing, but like I've I known them well enough to, they're a good person. And then that for me makes it easier to love other people. Because for me, loving people is accepting them for who they are. And so when you're not always in the defensive and you can show love to other people, then people for whatever reason, like they, they gravitate towards that because that's not natural. It's easy to be very forgiving, right? Like if it's harder to hold a grudge, right? Like it's actually stress to hold on to a grudge. But if you're, if you understand someone that did something to you is not indicative of who they are. It's just maybe, maybe they're not well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you okay? Like, this is not a reflection of you. Like when my son is, is not listening, my son, you probably, are you, are you okay? Like, are you tired? And he'll say, yeah, I'm tired or I'm bored. I want to go play. Cause I, I, I'll yeah. say to him, like, this is you're a good listener. This is not who you are. 
tell me he was wrong. And then at, even at the age of six, he'll tell him like, daddy, I'm bored. Daddy, I want to go play. So now he's in a, in a position where I can teach him to, instead of just acting out and then him accepting, well, this is who I am because everyone is saying that I'm not a good listener. I'm, I'm bad. I'm a bad kid. He can now understand, well, well I'm just tired. Let me sit down. Yeah, <laughs> well, me, I love that. Or let me tell somebody how I feel. And then, so it's just, and it, 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 again, I mean, it, it kind of snowballs, right? Like it's just, it, it's, it lets you be free and, and it lets you walk around without that anxiety of, I need to have this. I need to have all these things, these, these dependent variables for me to be happy as opposed to now my happiness is a, an independent variable. I don't, I just need me to be happy. And it's just, I don't know, it's a different level of peace that just comes with like self-love. I can't really describe it and I'm trying not to like ramble on, but it's just, I'm not going to say nothing phases me, but it's just, it, it helps. Think, yeah, exactly. It's a calm that comes with that and people yeah. are starting to interact with that. Yeah, I think you, you can always tell when, when someone is at their, inner, when they have inner peace and you interact with them and you connect with them, you're just like, wow, I, I want that. I want that, yeah. you know, because I mean, sometimes we have it, but when you, when you see it or you're around people that have that aura about them, yeah. you just want to surround yourself with that. And I'm like, this is a thing. Like there are people who they feel like this on a regular basis and not to say that they don't have good days or bad days, but they are more likely to have more positive days than focus on the negative within their days. And so when you start to change your circle and your space, you'll spend. I think people will find that, you know, you start to open up, like you said, you know, you start to, to change and then you start to pass that on to your, your educating others, educating your kids, educating, you know, um, people around you. Like, I love that you, you know, talking to your son, giving him the affirmations, letting him really understand, well, what, what's really going on and asking him those questions and letting him really reflect and think about it because, yeah, I mean, you know how many times I probably was tired. <laughs> right. And you just don't know it. You just want to whine and cry. And right. <laughs> because you, you know, I think people don't realize there's so many. You, you, I, I, I always applaud like little kids because they have to get through so much between the ages of from being born all the way to six. They take in every, I mean, they learn everything all right. at the same time. So just being able to. Of course, their emotions are all over the all over the place. So all you know, over the place. Oh, that I mean they're like, I don't know why I'm mad, but I'm gonna throw this yeah, exactly. <laughs> sippy cup and, and it makes me feel better. But it's the thing though. But, but I, what I'm realizing, like I mean, like even my son at that age, I mean he's very in tune to how he he feels. So mm -hmm. if I if I stop, if I kind of calm myself down and ask him, like son, like what's wrong with you, or you know how how do you feel? Like he'll tell you, like daddy, like I'm I'm frustrated. Like you're asking me to do something. I don't know how to do it or whatever. And so it's just like, so imagine that level of intelligence being squashed out by you're just, you're bad. I know. Right. You're, you're I mean, so you're pretty much like killing that, that natural emotional intelligence to where you've beaten it down for so long. They kind of just accept like, yeah, this is just how I am. And this is how the world is going to respond to me as opposed to, well, this is just how I feel right now. Mm hmm. Being in touch with our feelings. Um, speaking of that, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about, um, I guess, like vulnerability. So why do you, What I guess, what is, what is the common myth about 
being vulnerable, especially with men. What is it that common myth about being vulnerable? So I, I think you're you're really uh, hitting on it. Like the the common myth in vulnerability with men is is you is weakness, right? To say something, to tell somebody how you feel, or you know, if it's for for men to express any any emotion outside of anger is really not acceptable from the, you know socially. However, in that in that in the power of vulnerability talk that Brene Brown did, she pretty much she said, look, what's does it take strength to tell someone that you love them for the first time? And everybody in the audience she was like, yeah, I kind of shook their head. Yes. Like, does it take strength to be naked in front of somebody for the first time or to initiate sex with somebody for the first time? What to tell somebody I made a mistake or bring up a new idea in front of a board meeting or, you know, like like this right now, like we're literally on a podcast that anyone in the world can listen to talking about how we feel and why we think the way that we do. It takes strength to do that. And so once you accept that, when you kind of reprogram your mind of what of what strength is, it's not that hard to be vulnerable because then that becomes strength to you. And then the reason why I didn't have those intimate relationships is because I wasn't vulnerable because vulnerability is what fosters intimacy. Right. And when I say intimacy, you know, first thing people typically think of is, is sex. And it's not I mean, that's a type of intimacy, but it's only one aspect of it. Right. Intimacy in my mind is like being like one like with somebody else right like when i played rugby uh seven on seven rugby it was almost like an intimacy with those guys because i knew what they were going to do before they actually did it so i didn't have to think about their move they're going to pass me the ball or whatever it was just we just flow with each other right it's like jazz being in the pocket everyone is just playing together and just kind of knows what what to do and so in order to do that you kind of have to give a little bit of yourself right like this is you know this is how i felt today or this made me sad. Or honestly, I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just insecure. That's why I'm bringing this up. I'm just a little, probably, you know, having an insecure fit right now about what's going on. And then the reciprocation of that is no judgment. You telling me how you feel, and I'm saying, well, that's okay. Well, tell me about that. And then maybe I'll in turn say, well, yeah, I was actually insecure about this. Also, I was in a position like that. And so then like that's like that level of trust. Right. And you continue to do that until you've exposed yourself so much to someone else. It's like you kind of come in tune with each other. Right. Like you've become in sync. So I know so much of, of how you feel, why you feel, why you react the way that you do and all of that to where it's like I can now be in a situation with you. And we can be in it together and I know how you're going to react to it. I already know how you feel about it. Now, it doesn't negate communication, but also it, but it kind of raises the floor as far as where we start at when it comes to like communication. And so that's that to me is why vulnerability is so crucial and why guys that don't specifically men that refuse to explore vulnerability are probably so lonely in a way to where they do express it or act out in a toxic masculinity uh you know bravado like i'm the man you know what I'm saying like i need a woman to listen to me and do what i say yo because you're probably lonely mm-hmm. you know, like people that want to be around you want to be around you and they and you listen to each other and so it's not a need to have to be do- to dominate and and try to control your environment because it just flows like jazz right like i mean if we're to, if we're together whether it be friends or whatever or just in a group of people and we're all on the same page and we all want whatever we're hanging out like i don't i'm not i shouldn't ask i shouldn't need for anything like we're all going to do for each other everything is, is enough out there for us there's enough cooperation for each other but when you feel like you're isolated then that's when you that's when you get that like the hypersexualized cats that feel like they have to sleep with everyone because that's how they make that's how you, you know you're you're pretty much trying to subsidize the loneliness feeling with with pleasure mm-hmm. i i i definitely agree with that 
um, it's just so it just stems from um, all of these different uh, things. And it's just when it all comes together, when you really see and like you open yourself up to that understanding of yourself and that uh, vulnerability, you're you're really able to grow. Um, speaking of growth, um, what do you think has been one of your greatest life lessons? Um, just um, just after you know you've you've come into this idea of yourself, what what do you think has been your greatest um, lesson? in terms of how you kind of want to navigate this world or. So I think the biggest lesson on top of the self-love is, I guess for me, it's just, you can, I had a good friend of mine tell me you can, that you can never keep the right thing from happening. Right. And so for me, it's, it's just understanding regardless of what happens, good or bad, there's a reason for it. Now, sometimes I can be the reason why things happen to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I've been down that road. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, though, but again, but uh, I feel like me kind of being at peace and just not trying to force the issue a lot of the times allows those natural forces or whatever it is that you believe to kind of be more active as opposed to me making those mistakes, right? Because I don't know everything. I can't control who comes in and out of my life. I like I couldn't control. I didn't know that you existed to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go meet Nikki who has his podcast and we're going to get him in like it's, it's you have no control over certain things like that. And so I think that you have to just flow and allow whatever it is that you believe is controlling everything to control it. And it's no dis in, in that way is really no disappointment because that way is when you, I think that when you have that self love, you, you develop a develop like a natural curiosity in yourself, right? Like imagine like a baby, like my son, when he was a do baby, he used to lay on his back and just scream for no reason, although he was happy. And then he got to the point where he got interested in rolling over. And that was just so fascinating. He wanted to crawl and walk and this and that. And it's just like watching him grow up. So imagine being able to have that level of excitement and curiosity and anticipation. But as you do with a baby growing up is with yourself. And so now it's like everything is either it's a lesson for you to learn if it fails. And if it works out, it's, it's a blessing, right? It worked out. I'm glad it worked out. And so I think that the perspective, I think it's all perspective. And that when you become fascinated with yourself, it's, I think that's kind of what other people are drawn to. Because one, you're never really disappointed. I mean, you have you have bad days and kind of have some disappointments. But the, instead of saying, well, this is just, woe is me, this thing happened to me. It's like, well, why did it happen? What did I do? Like what happened? And then you kind of look into it and you dive into it and you explore and you kind of learn about yourself in that way. So it's like everything that's bad, everything bad, quote unquote, bad that happens to you, you, it's an opportunity to learn more about yourself. And then again, I just people just resonate to like that piece and then just, you know, being able to get to the point where I can share this information with other people. Like it's just I can't really describe it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that idea of when you become fascinated with yourself. Because you, I, I think we as individuals are the most fascinating people because I'm like, I mean, really think about it. There's nobody on earth that's like you. I mean, um, and especially when it comes to your experiences or your stories. And that's kind of the really cool thing that makes your, you, you know, your podcast and just a lot of people's podcasts who uh, talk about stories is no one. I mean, there could be people, multiple people could experience or have knowledge about the same thing, but nobody 
can tell your story the way you tell your story, right? No one can has had those experiences the way you do. So you're a fascinated person. So really just everybody should just fall in love with the fascination of themselves without becoming um, vain. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Don't right. become, because I think social media, every time I look and I'm seeing somebody just staring at themselves and looking at different angles and then they're like, okay, that's cute. And then, you right. know, like, you know, 10, 10 posts later, you're doing the exact same thing with different music. And I'm like, okay. Right. Um, is this how you stand in the mirror all day? <laughs> or, the, or, the, or the selfie with like a motivational quote underneath that has yeah. nothing to do with the pictures? <laughs> it has nothing to do with the picture. But it's like, <laughs> why are you in it? Like, you could have just left the quote stands alone. Um, right. So that's funny. All right. Well, I just want to thank you so much um, for coming on. And before we kind of go, I do like a like a lightning round of uh, random round of questions. I just ask random questions that that fit. Um, you know, they're a little different, not too different, but they're just a little um, opportunity for people to get a little bit more of you. Nick. OK. All right. So um, first question is what inspires you? Wow. What inspires me? Uh I'll be honest, the the future. Okay, I love that. It's, it's like, you know, what's you know, what's next? Like, you know what I mean? Like everything for me has worked out in ways that I have not I couldn't even script to you. And it's and it's too coincidental to be coincidence. And so I'm at the point where it's like, well, wow, like what's next? You know what I mean? Like the like right now with recruiting. Like I just became a recruiter and I've never done it before. But at the same time, I'm learning that everything that I've done up until this point has really prepared me for that moment. So now it's kind of like, well, what is everything up until this point and this new this new career going to prepare me for down the road? And so I think these life lessons is I feel like is uh, building up to a crescendo. Right. Like, I mean, like I just what's next? I think the future is is honestly what inspires me. Yes. Yes, and then that that's a good sign that you can still say you're inspired by the future um, because so many you always hear so many knocks against uh, the future. So just to be in, in hopeful and inspired by it is is encouraging along all the all the way around because I'm excited about the future. I think there's good things to come still, despite there's a lot of bad things, but there's a lot of good things to come. Um, speaking of things. um what chance encounter has changed your life? A chance encounter. Yeah. Just it's a, a, a person in general or someone like a. It can be a person. It can just be a moment in time where you maybe saw something. It, something that you experienced just that just was the game changer for you. It just changed your outlook, changed how you felt. Whatever it may be, what was that moment that just really um, that that encounter that it's like, wow, this took me down a whole different path. Or if I yeah. hadn't done this, I wouldn't have experienced that. Got you. Uh, I want to say it was probably the the day I, I held my son for the first time. Like I see my mom. I, uh, I have a picture of it in my mom's house. It's like a canvas or whatever. And it's just me like in this rocking chair. My tiny little son is like laying on my chest. And I think for me, it was kind of like that. It, it was the the ultimate incentive to to open up and it was just like look everything that happened in the past i mean yeah just let it go because what you don't want to do is have him relive it and not only have him relive it you be the reason why he relives it 
And so for me, it was just like that chance encounter, which is me having my son. And honestly, I'll be honest, he's only six, but I, I, I guarantee to you, I have grown. He's been the reason that I have matured over these past six years at a higher rate than he has going from a newborn to a six-year-old kid in, in the kindergarten. So that I have to be my chance encounter. Awesome. That's amazing. Amazing. Okay. Last question. What are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Oh, you put me on the spot. Three words. I sure did. <laughs> oh, wow. I would say... I got it. A changed man. That would have to be a changed man because who I was okay. seven years ago, it's not even like if I if you if I could go back and talk to myself, I, we wouldn't get along. I was so negative back then. I was so hopeless back then. But I think I, I had just been in that state of hopelessness so long. It became normal to me. And it pretty much like solidified like my depression. And so. I, I don't know. And I, me explaining that to you, it'll, it won't make sense to you because you never actually saw how I was before. But uh, I am extremely grateful. The the journey, everything that I, but this is the thing, though, like to get to this point, it took ch challenges. It took resistance. It took problems. Like it took me, you know, being a, a single father, you know, a thousand miles away from home, trying to live on my own and raise a son and everything that comes with that. And so. I was talking to a friend of mine through uh, COVID. He has, he's a business owner and he had this concept that kind of fell through, but then COVID really forced him to reattack his uh, business strategy. And I was like, look, if someone asked you, what would it take for you to, for your business to take off? You would never say a global pandemic. And for me, if you asked me, what would it take for you to be a better man? It would never be, you know, have a child out of wedlock with somebody that you probably had no business being with in the first place. However, these are the things that f caused me to, to, to change. And so for me now, I, that is the reason why I don't look at negatives as negatives, because it took a negative for me to get to this place. So every negative now is a step to a better me. And so I, I would have to say a changed man is, is probably the three words that I would use to describe myself. I love it. A changed man. And on that note, I think that we have explored all aspects of this idea of just knowledge of self, the changed man. We talked about vulnerability, the vanity of social media. I, I love that. And all of it kind of is all it all flows. You know, it all comes together in, in, in some way or form. So um being a changed man, okay, I get it, definitely. And and people don't realize how how much our experiences shape us. And sometimes we get so caught up in that negative feeling right. of how it affects us that we don't realize that maybe what I went through was needed for me to get to the other side. Like you, like you said, those um, those uh, what did you call it? The bite those moments. Are, the bite of the, the apple, apple moments. Bite. The bite of the apple moments. Yes, it's like that bite of the apple moment. So you've had your share. And um, I thank you for taking the time to just share that with us. So if um, our listeners want to learn more about you or get more information about you, where would they go? So you can find the podcast on all platforms, Spotify, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Anchor. Uh, mm -hmm. 
And also you can find me on Instagram uh, at podcast underscore fruit. And so <laughs> I'm also going to connect. Uh, I'm always down to answer questions. Uh, I mean, even and you know how it is in podcasting where you're releasing an episode and somebody hits your DM and say, man, look, I, like, I needed that. Like, thank you so much for sharing this mm-hmm. story. And so that to me is why I do it. Right. Like, I just want to be able to hopefully let someone know like hey you're not alone like you're not crazy like you know what i mean like we all go through things and you can definitely go through it and be hopeful when you do it so that's that's where you can find me and uh okay. hopefully one day i'll have a website but as of right now it's just instagram okay you'll get there i feel it uh, we are manifesting right now it's coming it's coming yeah. all right well thank you so much and i just want to thank you as well as the listeners i'll make sure that i put um that information in the um description description notes for this episode and like i said thank you everyone for joining i want you guys to remember to tune in every thursday at 10 a.m for a new episode don't forget to hit the subscribe button subscribe button for an episode so that you don't miss any other episodes and until we meet again i'm your host nikki c and remember it's time to get back to dreaming again if not now then when